Welcome to Wolf's Watch. We have Michelle Meta. I'm so excited to have her with us today. She is one of the women that is part of our Women in Leadership series. You are in for a treat today. Michelle is the is um, was born into an Indian family, and she's the first in her family to be raised in the U.S. She still talks a lot about how she was was raised with love and support within the family too, even though growing up in the U.S., which is very different from uh, the family the family. The culture that her family grew up in, trust me, if you've been watching Wolf's Watch, I apologize. I have done this before. I, I'm so excited. I'm just tripping over my over my words because you are truly in for a treat. Michelle started her life in, in the corporate world, worked in financial services, moved to um, another part of the corporate world. But the layoffs, the instability in the corporate world really showed her that that was not something to align with her values. So she accepted an opportunity to work in the family business. And while she enjoyed that, she realized that there is a path for her that can have a much greater impact. And that is what she's doing today. She is a TEDx speaker. She is a certified coach. She is she works with teenagers to help them build confidence. And what a massive impact that has. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being with us today. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Jeff, for that wonderful introduction. I love that. I felt like you've been following me since I was a baby. Oh. <laughs> thank you so much for that warm intro. You're, you're very welcome. And it is so well earned too. I mean, just the work that you're doing with teenagers, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking with you about that. But first, I, want, I wanted to ask, I mean, you started out on the path in the corporate world with a little bit more traditional career. Why did you move into what you're doing today? You know, the work as a coach, working with women, working with teens, what, how did, how did that unfold? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for me, it was, you know, this big idea goal of like, you go to college, and then you get a job into something that you're studying. And for me, I was studying finance and marketing. And I thought, okay, my big goal is going to be I'm going to walk on a Saturday or Sunday, and then I'm going to get a job on Monday. And I did. And my first job was in insurance industry. And I became a financial services a professional, I started selling life insurance and all of a sudden my entire team dispersed after six months of being there. Like I woke up oh. one morning and I'm like, it's gone. Jeez. And then I went into Wells Fargo and banking thought maybe customers will come to me instead of me looking for them. And I went through eight managers in eight months, opening eight, up eight managers in eight months, eight managers in eight Holy months on the cow. store side and on the sales side, because each mm -hmm. branch has two managers, right? Okay. You have one manager managing the tellers and then you have one manager managing the entire store. So a combination of them, eight in eight months, right? Yikes. And on top of that, I had to open accounts for people when, mm -hmm. you know, what's a daily goal. And so my family of four had 24 bank accounts that they did not sign for. So these were accounts that they had by force, not by choice. And I quit and... I went into recruiting, thought maybe I'll help people find their dream careers because the underlying okay. theme of my entire life was I wanted to help people for the right reasons. And even yeah. though I studied finance and marketing, the only numbers I cared about were phone numbers and birthdays. And that's kind of been like my mojo since I, I like that phone numbers finance. and birthdays. Exactly. <laughs> because you need that to build a relationship, call a person, yeah. wish them a happy birthday. They feel good. You feel good. And then you move on. Right. And well, and some and sometimes you yeah. might be the only person that reached out that day. Exactly. You know, I, exactly. I had I had sent out a I worked to keep 
in touch with people that are they have birthdays, you know, because Facebook will say, hey, here's whose birthday it is today. And I work at, you know, sending people a happy birthday on and someone that I hadn't seen for. We're, we've been friends offline for a long time, mm-hmm. but we just work schedules and whatnot. We hadn't seen each other for a while. And the next time we caught up, because, you know, I really appreciate that. You were the only person that said happy birthday to me <gasps> that day. And I was like, I, I didn't know. Right. So, exactly. so you never know. You just never know in this crazy world that we live in. And then from there, I went into recruiting, helping people, you know, find their dream jobs. Mm -hmm. And I got laid off in my third week there for being too nice. Third week for for being too nice. Yes. That was the reason they gave me. Oh, my gosh. Your customer service background from your previous job will not support you moving forward. So we're going to not let you. We're not going to let you finish the training. It was a six week long training. We're going to basically cut you out right here. And I took a deep breath and I said, okay, that's okay. Like, you know, this was the second largest staffing firm in the world. There's always the number one. Might as well go to the number one, right? Like you just climb up the ladder. And so I did. I worked for, I ended up getting a job with the Deco, their IT arm of a Deco with Modis. Mm -hmm. And 94 days in my job, I got laid off. Again. So within a span of six months. I, under the age of 25, I was 24 at that time. I was going to turn 25 in December. So the summer of, you know, the 20, um, when I was 24, I got yeah. laid off and I didn't know what to do. And so I was like, the next best step that Indian people do is go get a degree, right? Go back to school. You need a master's okay. degree to go apply for a master's program. I took the GMAT. I applied and I got rejected. From the one school I actually ended up applying, which was the school I graduated from. And I knew I was going to get rejected because I had had months of experience, not years of experience. And so by being rejected from the school, I said, okay, this is definitely a blessing. I think I'm going to go into human resources management instead. And so I signed up for um, UCLA Human Resources Management Certificate Program. And in that course, I realized my greatest strength which was about leadership and development. And I realized that all along, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault that I got rejected or I got laid off or I had eight managers in eight months or my team disappeared. It was the company's core values that were not in alignment with mine. And it Mm. was the company's fault that I realized. And at that moment, I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. My dad said, hey, you know what? You can't live off of unemployment at this age. You're so young. You have your whole future ahead of you. You need to do something different. So why don't you come work with me? And I said, this is such a goal of mine when I'm in my 40s. Definitely not in my 20s, right? Like I'm in like, you know, and he said, no, just work with me. And so I did. And it was a difficult relationship because me and him have the same personality. So when you work with people with same personality, right? You are going to butt heads because you think differently, but then you act similarly. And so just that balance of it all, I got the flexibility I needed. And in 2015, I was volunteering at a local festival here in my city. And I had this elderly gentleman who was Indian ask me, what is it you want to do in life? And I said, I really want to help people for the right reasons. I don't want to like hurt them anymore. I don't want to be a product pusher. He goes, have you ever thought about life coaching? And I'm like, you mean to be a PE teacher or like a sports teacher? He goes, no, <laughs> like you help people manage their life. And I'm like, huh, that is so cool. How do I start? He goes, well, my daughter's been doing it for 10 years. 
and she loves it. Why don't you connect with her? I'll send you an email, connect with her, talk to her, see what's up. And yeah, so- and, and I apologize for laughing, <laughs> but is this what what a what a wonderful response? So life call you be like be a PE teacher. Right. Like you think oh coach equals sports, right? Yeah. Who would have thought coaching equals life? Right. And well, I, but in <laughs> hindsight, though, right, it, it makes more sense. Right. It makes more sense. It, so that's what happened. And then wow. I took my first class at Coactive Training Institute, mm-hmm. which is now it was formerly known as Coaches Training Institute. So then I started I took a course at Coactive Training Institute. Yeah. And it was literally the missing puzzle piece of my life. Wow. I walked into that class. It was a three-day weekend. And I told my dad, I'm going to go take this life coaching class. He goes, where are you going to get your clients from? And who's going to buy your services? And your life is already messed up. And who's going to do this? And I said, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. But it is at a discounted rate. I'm going to say yes. Let's go forward. And so I did. And I learned about it. And I fell in love with it. And I asked one of my friends. I said, you know, I'm in this like life coaching program thing. He goes, why don't you coach me? I was like, really? He goes, yeah, 15 minutes for a week, every single week for six weeks. You in? And I say, yeah. At the Excellent. end of weeks, he said, I learned more from you than I did investing $20,000 with a business coach. Michelle, you're on to wow. You need to do like, you need to take the next step. And I guess, well, I guess I should take the next class. And so I took the next class the following year. And then I signed up to finish my coursework in 2017. And then I got certified in 2018. At the same time, I started my certification process. And the good news was that my dad sold his company to a company based out of North Dakota. And so I started that new company and my certification at the same time. And both of them, surprisingly in my life, ended Mm -hmm. at the same time. Wow. My certification ended in October and I got laid off a third time on in October. And so on November 1st, 2018, I decided to be an entrepreneur and go into life coaching full time. Didn't know what, what the hell that meant, but said did, yes to it and moved forward. But did the, did did you get the the example of the entrepreneurial path from your family? I did. I learned about taking risk. I learned okay. about investing in yourself in terms of like you take out loans. And for the first time in um, for the first time in my life in 2019, it was the first time I had credit card debt, as in I had balances that I could not pay off, as mm-hmm. in I had less income and more debt, you yeah. know, because I continued to invest in myself with various coaches. In 2019, it was the year it was 19 and I invested in 19 different coaches in one year, invested over $50,000 in personal development, and also found my passion of helping teenagers at the same time. Because I was working with women back then. Because Mm -hmm. I was like, let me, you know, for me, women were easier. I would help them with self-care, self-routine, because what happened in a woman's life is that she gets married, then she has to take care of the spouse. Then she has kids, then she takes care of the kids. And so at 11 o'clock at night, it's when she wants to look at herself. She can't. She's depleted. She's exhausted. And so women would work with me to help them put themselves first. So that they start their day with them first and then they end their day feeling fulfilled because there were tasks that could not be done on them on themselves. And so that's basically how that happened. And those same women came and asked me, have you ever thought about coaching teenagers? 
And I was like, yeah, sure. But in my mind, I was like, no, I don't really like kids. Um, that's usually something that my sister handles. I like the adults better. But on in May of 2019, I got invited to be at career day at my middle school, old middle school. And I shared with them, shared with them the evil voices that they have. I said, how many of you have evil voices inside of your head? Every single hand went up. And there were 100 kids that day between ages of 11 to 14. 100 oh out of kids said, yes, I do. And I asked them, what are these voices telling you? Jeff, I'm not good enough. I'm not loved enough. I'm overweight. I'm not smart enough. I'm an idiot. And my heart sank and it sank and it sank with every response that I heard. And I said, I have to do something. And it brought me back to when I was 16 yeah. years old. Exactly. That's what I was thinking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and also, how many adults do we, when we really, as hard as it is to get adults to talk about that, right? Because when you're a kid and someone says, you know, do you hear, you know, is it chatter in your head? It's like, yeah. When you're an adult and someone says chattering heads, like, no, 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 you know, because I don't want you to lock me up because I'm hearing voices. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. we don't, you know, we just don't talk about that as adults yet. When we do, how many of us as adults have those exact same voices? Exactly. Still. It was so surprising. And, you know, I, I just said, you know, like these voices are only going to get amplified once they leave middle yeah. school. Because yeah. middle school is kind of like your safe zone. And then in high school, you're like thrown to the wolves, right? And then college, you're thrown to the lions, right? Like basically, like some will probably eat a part of you. But, you know, as you get older, they just eat all of you. And I said, I have to do something. So I immediately called up my business coach that I was working with at that time. And I said, we have to shift gears now. We have to go from we from women coaching to teenage coaching only. I need to create a program for that. I need to... Um, write out like the whole details about it. Like we need to shift gears now. And I'm so glad I did because in 2020, I worked with the teenagers and I got them to graduate. I got them to get into their dream colleges. I really got them to really own a part of themselves of like, yes, they can do it. And then the pandemic hit and I lost the clients, but then a whole new door opened. And that door was getting accepted into the TEDx organization as a speaker, as I applied to the university that I graduated from, Cal State Fullerton was having a virtual conference. And I had one conversation with them and I got the congratulations email, which is unheard of in the TEDx world. It is unheard of because mm -hmm. I had no application. I had no like two minute video. I had, did not have to write in my script. I just had one Zoom call with them to get to know me. They get to, you know, I get to know them. They get to know me. And within two weeks, the congratulations email happened. And that became my biggest goal was not only to be an entrepreneur and coach, but also to be a speaker. And the idea of being a TEDx speaker was instilled at one of the conferences I attended in 2019 with one of the coaches I worked with. And they mm -hmm. said, where do you hear Michelle speak? And they all said TEDx, TED Talk. And I thought it's going to mm. be a 2030 goal. Did not realize yeah. it was a 2020 goal leading into 2021. Well, especially in the midst of the pandemic. In the midst of the pandemic. So I had a virtual conference. I did not get the whole mic and, you know, on the red dot mm -hmm. thing, but that doesn't matter, right? The thing is that I'm a TEDx speaker and no exactly. one can take that away from me. And 2019 also gave me the opportunity to collaborate in my first book. 2020 allowed me to become an international bestselling author. It allowed me to be on a cover of a local Indian magazine. And 
then ABC decided to do a press release about me. And so this all happened January, February, nice. March. And then we all know what happened in March of 2020. Yes. The whole world shut down. And so I saw that as, well, the universe couldn't handle a small town Indian girl getting all the success. So we're just going to shut the whole world down. And that's what happened. But yet here, there you are perfectly positioned though. Yes. When, when the teens needed what you were offering. Exactly. Most. And Ooh, I think my success. Gives me chill. I mean, the timing, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things you go, oh, I could just around our house. We have, we have a running joke. So, ah, oh, it's probably just coincidence. Yeah, exactly. Because I we mean, don't believe this, in coincidence. Is, this is why everything happened in mm. my alignment that it did because I'm in wow. my thirties. I'm not married. I don't have kids. So I still live with the experiences that I had when I was 13 years old, all the way up to like adulthood. Right. I remember that like it's yesterday. I still remember my middle school days because I don't have anything else to cover that up. It's still with me and me, right? Which is the kids that these kids are like the adults that the kids are interacting with and vice versa is their adults are in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. They've forgotten mm -hmm. what's it like to be a teenager. They've forgotten what's it like that struggles that these teens had outside of social media, right? The internal pressure, the pressure to perform, the pressure to succeed, the pressure to get into the dream college. I mean, the yep. pressure list goes on and on and on. And so, but, and, and the pressure you know, is so much worse than, than like, for example, when I was a teenager, still I was out for dinner with some friends and, and somebody was joking. I go, Oh, to be 17 again. And it was just like immediately looked at him and said, you couldn't pay me to be 17 again. <laughs> it's a it's a tough time under the best of circumstances yes that that's a tough season in life exactly because of exactly. everything that's going on and you have really no control over what you you're have doing no control and and that's what happened right you have no control yeah. and you're just like a ping pong ball kind of going around other people's ideas and no one's really asking you what you want no one's asking you what you want to believe in. No one's asking you what voices you're telling yourself, right? What sentences you're telling yourself. You hear, yeah. I'm stupid, like it's normal. You hear, I'm an idiot, like it's normal. And then you start living and making decisions based on being an idiot, based on being stupid, rather than really owning and saying, no, I'm confident. You know, like I was giving compliments to people when I was in high school and that equaled I was a lesbian, right? Like... I was being bullied for giving hugs in middle school, right? But then I didn't know that five years down that line, all of my friends' parents had divorced. My parents were the only ones that stayed together, right? So there was a lack of intimacy that was shown in their world. So, so that was, you were getting bullied because your, because your parents hugged you? Yeah, I was getting bullied because I would hug my friends oh my and they would get yeah. mad at me. Yeah. But I didn't know that their parents would not hug them back. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, there was the parents had so many internal issues that they were not interacting with their kids. Like I was getting interacted with. Yeah. Right. So I was getting middle school was all about getting mad for getting mm -hmm. hugs. High school was all about getting, you know, bullied for giving compliments. And then I changed high schools and I said, I'm not going to let my past define me. At the age of 15, I made this decision as I'm walking into junior high. I'm not going to let my past define me. I'm in a brand new environment. No one knows me for who I am. And I'm going to make the best of this experience. And so I did. I found new friends.
And these friends are still friends till this date. I mean, we're more than just like happy birthday friends where we just wish each other. We literally have conversations. We are supportive of each other, of each other's dreams. We're there with each other because I made that mindset shift of I'm not going to let other people define me. I'm going to walk into this brand new environment and own that. Right. And having that strength, having that courage to think that. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I literally had failed sophomore year of high school. Oh, ouch. Yeah. I was an honor. And kids can be brutal about things like that. Yeah. I was in honors for the first time in my life. I was like, wow, I actually fit into something because everybody around me was in honors. And I failed three of those, I think, six classes that I had Mm. because I had just given up on school. Like my mental level was just depleted. I didn't care anymore. Right. And it's not because I didn't like school. I just didn't care. The the negativity was just sinking mm-hmm. me inside. And so my parents knew something was wrong and they said, we need to get you out of there. And they did. And I didn't want to move because I didn't want them to see my grades. Right. Because mm-hmm. if I move, they're going right. to see my grades and it's a whole new conversation. And they said, that's okay. And so I ended up taking community college classes in lieu of the classes that I had failed. And so I was doing community college and high school at the same time. And I got into the dream cause that I wanted, which was at that time, Cal State Fullerton, because of the major that they were offering. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's where I learned about like personal development. I learned about speaking. I learned about embracing all of my strengths. And so and when it was like a really big coincidence when Cal State Fullerton said, hey, we want you to present at our first TEDx conference, because I had spent five years of my life being part of that community. Right. So, and you're bringing such a powerful example back. Yes. Yes. You know, so that's been my, that's been my journey of how I really came about being here because my big mission is to just help people for the right reasons. People are taken advantage of because of the sales pressure, right? Yes. And yes. being, people are being product pushers rather than actually understanding and taking the time to connect. And one of my biggest like compliments that I get from people that know me really well, it goes, Michelle, you connect with anybody. All they have to be is be a human and you can have a conversation with them. And I said, if that's what that means, that's what that means, you know? And I realized that as I got deeper into the entrepreneurial world, I love kids more than ever. Because they're teaching me how to be unconditional. They're teaching me to be judgment-free. They're teaching me to just live and let go. They don't care if 50 people are watching them troll around in a half-moon circle, right? They don't care if their skirts lifted up or their tops lifted up. They're showing off their tummy. They're just having fun. And they are our future, whether we like that or not, whether we believe that or not. They are our future. Right. And so lack of that lack of fear yes. of looking foolish, because that, you know, as an adult, that's one of the things that I have to be mindful of is yeah. it, I, I don't I don't mind doing something as long as I can look cool while I'm doing it. You know, and if people right. are watching, it's like, yeah, I, I, I got this no matter how bad I'm doing it. I, I got this. I'm you know, I may be like that much into mastery, but I've really got this piece of the mastery. I don't right. want you to see me tripping, falling down the stairs or making a mistake or going, Oh, I don't know. You know, I got to call 20 different people. Cause I can't figure out where the on switch is. Right. Even though I'm an engineer, you know, recovering engineer, 
recovering engineer. <laughs> that kind of stuff as an adult where kids and they're like, ah, they don't really care. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we do, do something funny. They laugh and they may tease each other a little bit and they move on. They're not really worried about that. Exactly. And that's what it is, right? Like, it's just we put so much pressure on showing up a certain way that we forget what we're all about. Like, we forget what, we, what we're there for. We forget our own mission. And this journey that I've been on entrepreneurial route, my parents are like, yeah, we're so proud of you, but... You need to go back into corporate America because that's where the real money is at, right? Because that's what they've been trained with. But instead, I find that I haven't been the happy. The happiest I've ever been mm-hmm. was when I made that decision on November 1st, 2018, exactly, what, four years ago to be an entrepreneur. And my happiness started changing wow. because I was living yeah. with my sole purpose. I wasn't living things and doing things based on other people's values. And when the opportunity came to present and do a TED talk my parents were like can't you do it later can't you do certification later can't you do this later mm. like right now your job is to make money your job yeah. isn't to do stuff that you could do when you're married and have kids and I know from my experience of working with women that if I waited to do these things when I'm married and have kids this would take me 50 times longer because yes. by the time I want to think about my creative idea of TEDx journey I'm like I'm ready to go to bed, right? Like who wants to go out down that path? And right now I said, if I build a strong credibility right now when I'm single and I don't have responsibilities, it's going to take me a little bit further away. And then I can be there for the family I create. It can be there for the family that I have already. So can I just two comments on that? Of course. These these are the kind of things that my wife and I talked about when when we first, when we first met. (laughs) Yeah, because one of the things is if you do that, who who you will attract into your life will now be completely different than if you had not taken that path. And, yes. you know, if you delay that, exactly. said, well, I'll do that, I'll do that later after I do all this other stuff. Well, how can you attract someone in your life that's going to support you in that? Yes. If you're not already on that path. Exactly. And that's been one of the struggles because. I, I always tell joke around with people. I have an unpaid career of 10 years and that is called dating. <laughs> it gives you an immense amount of experience, but it doesn't be, it's not fulfilled yet. The fruit yeah. hasn't been planted yet. You know, it hasn't been created yet because, you know, I don't know where my match is because I feel like I keep transforming my life. Every time I attend a seminar, I keep transforming my life. Every time mm-hmm. I talk about a part of my life. And through that transformation, if people are not invested in themselves already, that automatically becomes a disconnect. I, I know where he is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's on back order. He's on back order. <laughs> because he's he's just as you're preparing, he's preparing. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, because he it's definitely gonna, is. He's taking a lot of preparation and effort and clarity. Yes. For both of you to become the people that will attract each other, that deserve each other. See, and that's that's the that's the other side to, yes. to the, that comes along with living such an exceptional life. It dramatically narrows the the field of who, yeah, is acceptable to allow around you. Exactly, it definitely does. And I have always been that type of person. I know what I want. I go after it. Right. I've always been that goal oriented woman. You know, since I don't remember when, but I just know that, you know, I wanted to go into speaking. And so I did. And 
I recently emceed at a LA India Fashion Week. It was my first time. Oh, nice. Emceeing at an event. Um, after I've been in a coach for a while, right? And yeah, really. Well, what was it like being as an MC? That's a very different experience than, oh, than say, doing a TEDx type type of it's talk. It's a very different experience. And my mom, my dad, my sister, and extended family was in the audience. And the only I asked for feedback because I always like to get feedback to see how I can grow. And the feedback that I received from these people said, "You belong on that platform." And that's probably the first time I've ever heard them be so supportive of this unconventional route I've been taking. I've been taking right, and I've spoken at funerals and I give speeches, and it's a very different environment when you actually physically hold the mic and. You have the whole like hair, makeup, all that stuff done. And I literally let the stage flow through anatomy. I had the audience energy flow through anatomy. And I showed up way different than I would have otherwise. And it's given them so much more confidence in who I am that reduced the imposter syndrome that I was suffering with. Because that's something that happens when you see yourself as something and then you expect the society to see you as something else. And until I became mm, a TEDx speaker, yes. the imposter syndrome was there. And the moment I became a TEDx speaker and my family heard about it, my family saw my talk, they participated in the talk, you know, virtually. And nice. they all they could say was, you were amazing. And I let my Good. work showcase my life, right? I let my, I let the things I do showcase. And so... You look at any of my social media posts about a book being published here or like I'm speaking over here or an opportunity came to me and I'm so blessed to be a part of it. And those things came because I just kept working towards it. And as you're watching this, I'm the reason I invited Michelle to talk with us today is I met her when she was at an event speaking on stage. So I've seen you on stage and you were very comfortable there. You're good. You're great from stage good energy and also you know coming back as, as you're watching this if you don't do a lot of, of speaking from stage there's a lot of energy that goes on there you're putting a lot of energy out to the audience you're getting a lot of energy back from the audience so it's very it's interactive on many different levels and yeah. you, you you had great mastery great energy and it was fun to watch you on stage i thought oh we just have to especially <laughs> given the work you're doing with teens we just have to have a conversation yes absolutely i mean there's something about you know, I, I don't know what happens to me. It's like I just get on that stage and I just share my message. And I recently spoke at the U.S. Air Force Academy. And um, oh, that's I right. Spoke, yes. Yes. I did that as well earlier this year or a few months ago, actually. It was just a few months ago. Yeah. Yes. So I've spoken at the Air Force Academy as well. And so there is just this the story just comes out of me. Right. And my no two stories are the same because. We know I don't read a script. I just close my eyes. I tell my guardian angel, please just say the right words. Help me say the right words. Help me say the right gestures. Do the right gestures. And mm -hmm. it goes. And the feedback I got from that, Jeff, from that event has been life changing because people see me differently than I see myself, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. When you're doing the work, you're just in the middle of it, yeah. right? That's all you see is weeds when you're in the garden, right? But you don't look at like people then see everything but the weeds when you're around them. And so the feedback I got from people that I had met in 2019, hadn't seen them since then, told me I'm radiating. Thank you for sharing your story. 
your story impacted me. I was triggered by your story. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, you were triggered by my story. I must have done something horribly wrong. And instead they said, no, your story made me realize that I get mm. to share more of it. Right. And having that okayness, because that's some of the battles that ethnic cultures have is that we are scared to showcase our dirty laundry. Yep. We're scared to um, let people know what's going on inside of us. And America thrives on vulnerability. If any of you listen to like radio or if you ever watch TV, a lot of those ads are about prescription drugs. Take yes. this drug to solve this problem. Wait, 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 before, before, before I want to interrupt for a second, because yes. I just, I would love to share the photo for on your website uh, that shows you speaking at the, at the Air Force Academy. Yes, please do. <laughs> so there it is. That's such a great, a great photo. Thank you. And thank you so and much. And the group that you got to share the stage with as well. Yes. Ruben Gonzalez, four-time uh, Olympian. Yes. The luge, no less. Oh my gosh. Yes. But to get that feedback and to be able to see where, you know, how, where you are in your journey and hear it through their experience, the audience experience. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what, that's what happened. And so when we go and watch TV, right, they list all those mm -hmm. side effects. Well, if you take yes. the side effects and you see it as with your coaching hat on, those side effects are actually vulnerability points. You're going to get diarrhea. You're going to might fall sick. You might have um, kidney failure. Like those are vulnerable points of a human's life, right? And you might get cancer. Like they have all these different things that they list, depending on what drug you're taking. And so in order to be fully confident, you have to be vulnerable. And by vulnerability, you invite the right people into your community. And when you invite the right people into your community, your message starts getting impacted and you really start paying attention to what's in there in front of you and you get the right support that you need. And a lot of ethnic cultures run away from vulnerability because they fear of the judgment. Well, people are going to judge you no matter what. I'm sorry to say that, guys. I'm sorry to say that people are going to judge you no matter what, because we as humans have eyes, we have ears, we have our five senses to give us information. It's what you do with that information that matters. And people judge yes. us for good things. People judge us for bad things. But at the end of the day, if you are on your path of deciding what you want, you have to put your judgment hat on no matter what to say yes to something or say no to something. And when you say yes to something, you're definitely saying no to something else. And when you're saying no to something, you're saying yes to something else. So you're always in a battle of choosing. It depends what you want in that moment. Mm -hmm. right there and the does. impact that it leaves for you so it's in it's, it's in the, it's in the word decide it's in the word decide exactly. the etymology of the word decide it's all about separating closing it's off all. one path versus and while choosing the other exactly in my life that i look back from like from zero to i'm 33 right now has been about doors opening doors closing doors opening mm -hmm. doors closing i mean the coaches that I worked with, I did not Google search them. They found me. No. Either through yeah. LinkedIn. They found me either through Facebook or LinkedIn. They direct messaged me. And I just said yes to them because their message resonated with what I needed to offer. 
And I was looking for accountability. I found accountability. I was looking for community. I found a community. I was looking for how to get my message across. I found speaker training, right? I was looking for how to become an author and I didn't want to waste 20 years writing a book. I found the perfect match for that. So whatever I wanted, whatever I needed, the universe, the source delivered because I was ready for it. So whatever it is that you want in life, you have to be open to it without any judgment, without Mm -hmm. any closed doors. Just be open to, I want this. I'm not sure I'm going to get that, but you will see people will come knocking on your doors for you. Because that's how I've lived the last four years of my life in this entrepreneurial journey. Today's November 1st, 2022. And I got laid off on October 30th, 2018. And wow. within 48 hours, I had a business coach knocking on my door saying, let's work together. And you said yes and took the action. There's I the said thing, yes, and I right? took the action. I had no idea where that was going to go. But after that, I hired 18 more wow. because I was looking for different areas of my life that needed to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Because I realized that when you're an entrepreneur, is isn't just about your business selling this particular product. It's about looking inward, understanding your core value. It's about not doing the journey by yourself. It's about community. Yes. It's not about how it's, you can sell this product multiple ways, understanding what other ways you can sell this multi, this product. Is it through direct messaging, learning the system about it? Is it through picking up the phone, calling, learning mm-hmm. the system about it? And each coach has taught me different things that now I now know what how I can develop and how I can create the choice that I want to make. Right. And mm-hmm. people look at me like, how'd you get this? So how'd you get so successful? Or how did you you're so successful? I'm like, I may not be successful income wise, but I am successful in one thing. And that is that I am a heart centered individual that just wants to make this world a better place. And I want to do this by helping people one step at a time, understanding who they are and seeing the confidence that they need so that they can better their lives as well, because we get so caught up in the hearsay and that they said and that she said and that we said and rather than no one's asking yep. us what is it that you yeah. want and, well, why and, and what you you're doing. and what you're doing ties into helping people be so much more self-reliant especially getting that message to the teens and how to and how that plays out in their life how to go about doing that exactly because self-reliance includes being able to work with people and being able to collaborate. This is something that made me go, oh yeah, there's so much packed into, because that's yeah. one of our overri- overriding business goals. You know, it's like if somebody a hundred years from now, I don't, let me back up a step. I had a client a number of years ago, a Japanese electronics firm that if I, if I mention the name, you go, oh yeah, them. Um, but in order to tell the story, I can't share the name. Yeah. <laughs> so he, on the out brief, on the out brief, my counterpart, my point of contact that I worked with at at the client firm, yeah, started a conversation about how the company, what the company's 400 year plan was, and we had a conversation about what how they viewed the company 400 years from now. Wow! And which which led to things like, well, you know, before we can do that, we needed to think deeply about what can we say about 400 years in the future. Right. And it boiled down to values and impact and, you know, that the company would still be there. Right. But, you know, gen- these, these much larger, more general big picture things. So for for our for our company, one of the things that, you know, the, the self-reliance, a, a culture of self-reliance in, in the U.S. is one of our big themes. 
I and, love that, you know, and, and I, a, I, I really love that because like my mind is like yours is self-reliant. Mine is self-expression. Yes. And, and, and they're, those, and they're like this, right? They're, they're, they're all, like they're, inter, they're together, interdependent. Right? You need both of those. One yes. leads to the other. You can't be self-reliant without that. You can't be self-reliant exactly. without being able to communicate well, to be able to collaborate with other people. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah, I can do a lot of stuff myself, but to really, to really be truly self-reliant, I need to be able to effectively reach out and ask for help. Exactly. I need and to be, be okay I need to not be afraid help. of looking stupid because I can't learn and master new things. Exactly. And we have that, you know, we have that judgment of if I ask a question, it's going to yep. be stupid. But if you go from a place of just being curious, just curious, I wonder, like, I'm just wondering why you acted this way or just curious, like, can you help me figure this out? I'm a little stuck here. And so now my favorite phrase is I'm confused. Like, I don't get it. Like, please help me. Because sometimes things are spoken too fast. Sometimes things are just too much information. How do we dissect it? Right? One of the things I'm learning is I just let people know that, hey, I'm confused. And you can label me as I'm not smart enough or I'm not, I'm not enough or something. Right? But in reality, I got the clarity that I needed. Right? Yeah. And going, huh? Like, what did you just say? Is okay. Is okay because you're at least open to changing the path versus coming from a place of ego, which is everyone's greatest obstacle, right? Ego equals everyone's greatest obstacle. You operate from a place mm. of ego. You have now nice. shut down and you are not open to learning. And you just think you're the best. And so now you are doing yourself a disservice for not letting new information come through. And you also are not being polite enough to the other person because you come from a place of, I know, I know, I know, I know. As, as opposed to thank you for the reminder. Exactly. So he coached me on that. And it was like, oh my gosh, that was such a, a small thing yes. that it's proved to be a little hinge that swings a massive door. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for the reminder because we don't know. Sometimes some things are on our blind spots, you know, yeah. and. Or I think I know. The, the, one of the biggest dangers is the stuff I think I know that is either just a partial or no, you know, no longer true or whatever. Yes. Exactly. And, and it can be so quick that, yeah, yeah, heard that a thousand yeah. times. It's like, you know, it's well on thousand and one, it's going, oh, like, for example, as a teenager, one of the things that I remember about the experience as a teenager is being surrounded by frustrated adults that are going, this is the best it's going to get. So enjoy it. And I'm like, going, I'm 14. <laughs> I have no control over my life. I do not like the school system. You've made it clear you're not real happy with me either. And this is as good as it gets. Really? Now, today I take, you know, they may have meant, I know for sure there were some people in my life at that time that, that had a different message than I received, yeah. that they intended. But there were so many dismissive adults that are like going, ah, you know, because they're frustrated with what's going on in their life. And they're looking at, oh, man, to be, to be 14 where I don't have this responsibility, I don't have the mortgage, I don't, you know, I'm not working the job and, and you know, don't have the job spouse and in in the in the the you know school board and in the five kids and the yeah. all this going on at the same time. Well, how nice to just go to school and study and play with friends. You know, I, I get their perspective as an adult. Yes. But at the time the message I got was if this is as good as it gets, what what the heck is the point? Exactly. Exactly. Right? It's like it's all downhill. I'm only 14. It's all downhill <laughs> from here. Really? <laughs> I uh, I had one of my friends tell me she's like I don't want to I don't want to run my business because I don't want to be an adult, you know like I don't want to be an entrepreneur because I don't want to be an adult, 
and she and the thing was that she just she started taking care of her mom at a much younger age and so she automatically Ooh. became an adult at a like a she became an adult a little bit sooner than expected yeah. and so what happened was that running becoming an entrepreneur would have been scary for her so she's like i'd rather just take the back lead and just follow through but then she's like, but being an adult is so much more fun because you make the decisions, you get to have the wallet, you get to spend money, right? Kids, you have to be like, mom, can you? Or dad, can you? Right? Mm -hmm. And you're asking for support yeah. for other people versus when you're an adult, you want that ice cream, go buy that ice cream. If you want that candy, go get that candy, right? So the freedom of choice comes when you're an adult, right? And so it was just the balancing that she was sharing with us. And I was like, yeah, I tell myself that one of the reasons why I love teenagers is because I still have a teenager heart. You know, I I love, I get excited about things. And my parents always tell me, like, Michelle, you're such a roller coaster, right? Your highs are your highs, your lows are your lows. But that's what gets me excited, right? That gets find new things to do and just dance around and just let loose for a while. Then you can get creative again and get focused on what you need to do and just seeing life as it comes and not taking it for what it is and holding it onto it like as a full stop. We, right. we, we have another saying we have another saying around the house here dancing in the streets is mandatory i love that oh my god i love that oh i love that so at least a couple times a year be out of the car in the middle of the street i was at i was at a training event in san diego and we went out for lunch and we were running late and we're off we're frustrated because you know there was a big took forever to get what we ordered. We went to a fast food restaurant that none of us liked just because we thought it'd be quick and it was not <laughs> kind of a thing. And we're sitting at this traffic light at a massively major intersection in San Diego. Wow. And it's like lunchtime on a Saturday in the summertime. So you get all the beach traffic and people, you know, business yeah. is just like pandemonium lights, lights red. And we're sitting there and it's like, this light is going to be red forever. And this <laughs> song pops on. And I looked at the guy that was driving and he goes like that. And that's all it took. And doors are open and we're out in the street dancing and uh, his wife and, and a friend of hers are in the back seat and they're just losing it. And they're like, Oh wait, and they're trying to get out of the back seat. And they, <laughs> so all, you know, all four of us are like dancing in the middle of the street and the song ended like right before the light changed, we're back in the car and zoom. And there's people sitting around in cars, you know, like they're on their cell phones doing stuff like You know, in some cars are like, yeah, like that. A couple of the people popped out of their cars and it was just, well, we kept it appropriate. We didn't like jam up traffic or cause a traffic jam, but it was hysterical. And then we laughed for the next two days. We had two more days for the, for the seminar or the workshop that we were at. Yeah, we just kept laughing about that the whole time. And it was wonderful. And that was and where the dance. It was so much fun because all of a sudden the pressure is off. You're just doing your thing. There's no deadlines yeah. to me. You know, it's out of your control. The lights aren't turning green, right? And, you know, I always tell people whenever I complain, the universe delivers. <laughs> I'm like, why is this light not turning green? Immediately it turns green. I stop my sentence, the light turns green. <laughs> or how come this isn't opening? I say that and it opens. So it's just like my friends look at me. They're like, oh, my God, Michelle, like you're just you're just so different, right? Like we would say it in our head. You just say it out loud, right? Yeah. But that just brings a spunk in life because you can make life any color you want. It doesn't yes. always have to be a black hole. And, and, and we work and, and we work so hard on that as adults. Yes. To bring in that teenage energy. Yes. To bring, you know, the positive stuff from the teen years, that sense of wonder that, that yes. uh, I don't know, tell me, you know, I'm constantly asking questions. 
yeah the dan you know the hey you know let's act a fool and who cares you know i i i, I'm sh I do not dance well i'm sure i looked like a total idiot <laughs> dancing in the middle of the intersection and because we made sure everybody could see us and you know, we got right out in the, <laughs> as far as we could get without getting in traffic and right it was like so what but yet as teenagers so as adults we work so hard on reclaiming that right yet it, for teenagers as adults so often we're going mm -mm, mm -mm, sit yes. don't be, be, we, we grind it out of them even though we know better yeah exactly and i think you know there's just so much more life i remember when i gave a presentation at a local high school here earlier this year and um i just had like there were kids that were like you know freshmen all the way up to seniors and some were in um like they had like assistants working with them and the feedback I got at the end of the class, I said, Miss Michelle, I'm so much more happier now. Miss Michelle, like, thank you so much for being here. When are you coming back? And that feedback I got made me realize like they truly have the spark is that they have been shut down by other people's voices, the other people's labels that have prevented their light to shine the brightest that they can be. And I had this one student, I had, um, I had pulled her out in front of the whole class. And she, I guess there were like 30, 40 kids in the classroom. And I said, why don't you come up here and tell me, why don't you not like school? Because she's like, I hate school. I was like, why don't you not like it? She goes, well, I'm failing all my classes. And I said, how would it feel if you weren't failing your classes? She goes, well, I would be a little bit more happier. Right? And I said, what do you need to do to get better grades? She goes, I'm willing to study more. I said, well, will the, during the spring break, will you take the time to study a little bit more? And she goes, yeah, I guess I could do that. And I saw her after spring break and I said, hey, how did your, how's your grades now? She goes, I went from an F to a B minus. And I had like tears in my eyes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. From an F to a B minus. Yeah. Because of the fact that her mindset had to be shifted. Right. And they just make it so much harder. They say school mm. is hard. It only gets harder, right? Because yeah. that's what you're telling yourself. But if you say the time, hey, you know what? I'm actually going to take the time off. I'm actually going to put my head down because I am confident. I am strong. I am amazing. I am capable. And you take that energy and put it towards the things that you don't really like and appreciate much. It's going to fulfill that anyways. You know, you have weeds in the grass. You water the grass. The weeds are still going to grow. Like you can't prevent that from happening. Unless you purposely yank them out one at a time, right? Or you do a massive weed killer hoping that the grass won't die <laughs> in yes, the process. I heard a speaker once say, you know, my dad told me the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence. But if you took care of that lawn the way you take care of ours, it's going to be brown too. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. He's like, you don't water it. You poison it instead of, yeah. you know, it's like, so it, it's learning it, i know i didn't have the mindset as a teenager yeah you know i'm such a different person today but i look back and go if i if i had the the self-awareness to listen to the people because like you i appreciate the family i grew up in they're yeah. supportive the older i get the more i appreciate those relationships um that that what they were were encouraging me to do the life yeah. skills the habits that that would have developed at that time that would have served me so well and that would have opened up the time that I spent, you know, building those later in life. 
yeah. could could have advanced faster. How how do we help teenagers with that? I mean, what 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 can we do to to continue helping them? Because like the example that you mentioned earlier, where you asked a room full of, of teenage students about you know who who has that conversation in their head and what does it yeah. say, and, and, and to hear the 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 one hundred percent response going, oh yeah, we all do, and then the you know the heartbreaking messages, the, the yes. self talk they have. So one how of the can, things how that can we do a better people, job with them. Yeah, I always tell people like the number one thing is you have to realize who's in your head, right? What voices are they telling you? I am stupid is as equivalent to I am smart because any I am statement is from your soul. So I am statements shape your reality. So I am stupid basically means that everything around you is going to feel like stupid because you're projecting that. You're stating that. If you say I'm smart, then everything around you will feel like it's smart, right? So the choice is what sentence are you telling about yourself? Number one. Number two, you have to really believe that you can achieve it no matter what the circumstances is. And so Jack Canfield has this principle that says E plus R equals the O. Event or the experience is constant. We have a pandemic. You can't change that. There's COVID-19. You can't change that, right? Flu season. You can't change that. You have an exam coming up. You can't change that, right? But how you react to these events or experiences is going to determine the outcome. You can react in a very negative way. Woohoo! The pandemic means I don't have to show up in school anymore, which means online school, which means pajamas all day, every day, right? Or you could react, oh my God, this pandemic sucks. I'm stuck at home. I'm horrible. Or you could say, you know what? I'm scared of the exam. Am I feeling anxious? I'm, you know, I don't know if I can breathe. Or you could say, you know what? Exam is just a learning opportunity. Is to help me realize what I've learned. It's just a learning opportunity. Just a test to see, am I, do I know the material or not? Right? And you, you say it in that way, and then you can determine the outcome. So some outcomes are extremely positive because you're embracing it. Some outcomes are extremely negative because you're rejecting them. You're saying, no, I don't want this, right? So pay attention to your reactions to every situation that comes in front of you, right? So and then, that's going to help you change your mindset. So then as adults, should should um, should we be watching for their reactions so that we can counsel them better, coach them better? Yeah, if you Set see better, them. Uh, I suppose setting better examples probably wouldn't hurt as adults either, and so... Yeah, absolutely. If you Got see a, a teenager, if you see a teenager or a kid saying like screaming out loud, I'm so stupid or I'm an idiot or mommy, am I looking like I had a uh, one of my friends wrote about an experience that she had with the five year old. Her five year old looks in the mirror and says, mommy, am I fat? And the mom says, what? Where did you get that from? Because this five year old is literally like extra small. OK, like she's not really big at all she's like probably her weight on average, average oh my weight. gosh yeah. but her mom has been saying i'm fat in front of the mirror because the mom oh. right could be saying that or yeah. she might have overheard a friend say i'm fat and so they instill that right and they start making it their own and then they start questioning it so whenever you hear or you overhear someone downplaying their strengths downplaying these sentences stop them and say, hey, I understand you might be feeling stupid at the moment, but what if we actually felt smart about the situation instead? Or maybe you're not overweight. Maybe you're just perfect, right? 
maybe you need to look a little bit more chubbier so that you look more fuller. You know, you don't look anorexic or you don't look like you're not nutritioned enough, right? So just understanding who you are and finding the positive points and everything, right? And paying attention to the words that you're saying. Sometimes I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so dumb. I made that. I missed my turn. But then I said, you know what? I got five extra minutes to talk to my friend instead. Right. Nice. Yes. So it's that, it's that opportunity to learn. And yeah, I make mistakes all the time. I say I'm stupid all the time or I'll say, oh my God, I'm so dumb. Or I'm like, great job. Right. Like, but there were things that needed to happen in our life that made us that way. Right. And just celebrating that in the middle of it. Exactly. Wow. We, we could go for another couple hours easily. We totally could. It still barely scratched the surface. (laughs) What are you you working on next? What, um, your four-time author, your, your best-selling author, you're, you're counseling with teens what's coming up. I actually have to correct you, Jeff. I have seven books under my name. Seven books. Oh my gosh. I am so sorry. Seven books. Yeah. I have seven books under my name. I have one of them is actually and, my and the, whoa, 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 I'm sorry. Hang on a second. Because the first book came out when? In February of 2020. February of 2020 was your first book. And now you have seven yeah. that you've released. Because you mentioned the, you mentioned that you thought writing a book was going to be hard and you didn't want it to take 20 years. So you reached out and, and talked to people that knew how to how to do it faster, how to do it right, how to get more resources, ask for assistance and counsel. Yeah. And now you've got seven. Oh my gosh. I have seven. Yes, exactly. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And one of them is actually a solo book of mine where I wrote it from start to finish. It's about Friday the New Monday. It's called Friday the New Monday. And it has 52 work. There's 52 secrets to enhance your life and enhance your week. And it's basically a concept of my Facebook lives I used to do in 2017 to 2019. I've taken 52 videos, Mm -hmm. had a ghostwriter transcribe them, and I have put them into a book. Nice. And... So that came out July of this year. So, and I'm working on my eighth book, which is basically I've invited 13 people come together to share their stories. These are 13 women in the entrepreneurial space have shared their stories about what made them say yes to their dream career, their dream relationship, and to the dream passion project. Because it's about embracing that, that got them to be successful entrepreneurs, successful women. And my particular chapter is about deflection because I recently learned in August of this year where I met Jeff in person that I am a queen of deflection. I am a queen of deflecting. When someone gives me a compliment, I don't know how to take it in all the way. And I say, so are you right back at you. Or I'll say, thank you so much. And I give them a compliment back, right? And when we deflect, we actually are rejecting who we are. And so I've realized that I needed to get some healing around it. And so my entire chapter is about deflecting and creating ways to embrace who you are on the inside. Because as women, we take care of everybody else. And sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves. And as a woman that's single, I have learned to put everybody else around me first and then put myself second. But now I'm learning 
through the healing process I've been on the past four years to put myself first and then take on other people's opportunities and learn from them. And having the power of the words that have been said to me as compliments has made me realize who I am on the inside. Something that I did not know was there or available mm. to me. Yes. And what a powerful realization. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to reading that, the whole book, but particularly the your section, your chapter. Yes, on I'll reflection. send it to you separately. How about that? <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. We're, we're at the top of the hour. Yes. Thank you so much. Perhaps we'll uh, do a part two. Absolutely. We'd love to do a part two. And I'm so excited to be here with you. And thank you so much for the viewers for being here. It's It's been such an honor connecting with all of you. Please look at my website. Visit me. Um, for all the listeners, I'm actually going to be sending, I'm actually going to give you the opportunity to have a confidence strategy session with me. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your goals. Let's talk about the struggles that you are facing in your family life, or if you're as a teenager, whatever issues you're solving, let's talk about that. And let's build a connection because right now community is needed more than ever. Oh, and yes. Jeff, yes. thank you so much for letting me be here. So I'll send you my calendar link. You guys, please visit my website. And I have a free gift that I'm offering as well to all the parents of teenagers and teenagers it's called Motivate Your Teen Success Guide. These are 10 success secrets to help you enhance your positivity in your life as well. As a family, you all can work together. So this is like 10 success secret tips to help you enhance motivation in your life. Yes. And I can vouch, you know, as you're watching this, you go to Michelle's website and we've got the link right here for you. Go to Michelle's website. You really want to get that guide for teens. That is phenomenal. That thank is so you. helpful. Thank you. Michelle, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thanks for saying yes and being on the show. <laughs> Of course, it's been such a pleasure. I've had so much fun on this conversation with you, and I'm so glad we finally got to hang out together. Yes, indeed. And thank you for watching. Always glad to have you a part of the conversation on Wolf's Watch. And you know what? If you're watching this on the replay, add your comments. If you got a question, put it in the comments because we monitor that. We watch it, and Michelle and I will talk about it. We'll make sure you get an answer to your question. Absolutely. So thanks for being part of Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf, and I look forward to seeing you on the trail. Thank you so much. Take care.